0: Fix the convince. Welcome to the Fix the Convince podcast. Here's your host, New Spark founder Paul Mosenson.
1: Hello, out there. This is Paul Mosenson. Welcome to the podcast, Fix the Convince Marketing Optimization. So, hope everybody's doing well today. Um, I did want to talk about um, this thing called data right? We've mentioned this before, like how do marketers and salespeople and really revenue growers use data to manage their business and drive more revenue in their company? Really, I mean, we don't do data for data's sake. We do it because there's a means to it and a strategy behind it. And we're going to talk about that today with my guest, who is a, uh, Quite a data guru. In fact, he calls himself the data whisperer, which is his name is Scott Taylor. Hey, Scott, how are you?
0: Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Thanks for having me today.
1: Sure, sure. I guess guess your company is Meta, Meta Meta? Meta
0: Meta? Meta Meta. Meta Meta. We're about what it's about. Oh. Okay. what what we do is we help people talk about their data in clear business accessible ways so it's a little play on metadata is oh, data right. about data so we're like all right we're we're just you know we're meta to the meta so it's just smart. okay fun fun moniker. There.
1: okay gotcha
0: <laughs> I I never met a data point I didn't like there we oh, go wait. that's exactly. a fun right you I can had an, an that. meta once so that was. <laughs>
1: Well, um, let's read your bio here. So you are known as Data Whisperer. You've helped countless companies by enlightening. That's a good word. Uh, Business executives to the strategic value of proper data management. You focus on um, business alignment and the strategic why rather than system implementation and the technical how. As a principal consultant for MetaMeta Consulting, he helps enterprises and tech brands tell their data story. He's an avid business evangelist, and award-winning original thinker. That's interesting. Um, He continually shares his passion for the strategic value of master data through industry events, public speaking, blogs, videos, white papers, podcasts, cartoons, puppet shows, and all all forms of thought leadership. And he's got a book out, Telling Your Data Story, Data Storytelling for Data Management. There it is. Well, of course, we're just we're just doing uh, audio,
0: but I see it. Oh, okay. It says, it says right on the cover, <laughs> 99% buzzword free.
1: Oh, good. So you did not use the word scale in there?
0: I use the word scale. You think scale is a buzzword?
1: Yeah. Really? I know it's popular now, but I see it all the time. I make fun of it. Like I see okay. every, every other website. Oh, we help you scale. Okay. It used to be called grow or build. Now it's scale. I just make fun of it a little bit. Cause it is, it's an important word, but it seems to be a little bit overused in my opinion. It's
0: certainly overused, but I, I would think that the difference between scale and growth is scale uses data in my view. If you really want to make things scale systematic and repeatably, if you want to make them automated, that's where scale starts to come in and scale means technology. Technology is hardware, software, data. If you have data, you need data management, which is the part of the space that I'm in. So very simple kind of approach, hopefully. Uh, yeah. And, and, the, and the kind of data I work in, the part of the data space, master data, reference data, metadata, foundational, basic structured data at every organization. And I'd love to chat about why I think it's important for marketers, but that kind of data literally its single word benefit is scale. It's a business accelerant.
1: Right, right.
0: But I I do say 99%. So I guess if you wanna define part of my 1% with scale, that's that's just fine.
1: Okay, gotcha, all right. (laughs) So you don't use best practices either. Okay, let's move on. All right, so like, well, data, I mean, you know, I figure like, you know, we always look at marketing data, sales data, CRM data, things like that and you know I, I guess for me is when you talk about data management, like what it, what exactly is it and why why should I why should a business really care and, and how to define it to the benefits of an audience?
0: Most of what people think of with data analytics, business intelligence, data science, even reporting dashboards, that's all where data ends up. What data management does is it helps it data start correctly. I'm over where data starts, capturing the data, organizing it, structuring it, improving the quality, standardizing it, which in some cases is one of the most important things you need to do. And so the data management community sits usually in the background, traditionally deep in the IT department, although that's moving, they're moving out of that with wherever there's a chief data officer, a CBO. But if you don't manage the data correctly, then you're not gonna get the right kind of outputs that you're looking for. There's a classic phrase, G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. It's kind of an overused cliche. I like to elevate that concept to the golden rule of data. Do upon your data as you would have it do upon you. What you put in the data management is what you're gonna get out of business intelligence. You know, you put bad data into BI, you get BS. Right. You want to watch what you do with that. So all the things around making that content, stewarding it, governing it, and managing it truly to create the truth about some basic things in an organization before you start to derive meaning out of it from business intelligence. That's the way I think about it.
1: Well, let's get a little deeper into um, what we do and as marketing strategy you now, cause we think about, you know, I understand if it's lead generation, you might be, what industry they in, titles, do they buy, do they, you know, engage? And you try to, I guess, try to find trends and people more likely to pay attention to a message. I mean, I, maybe I'm just thinking out loud here about, you know, why to use, how to use marketing data and lead and contact data mm-hmm. um, to optimize lead generation. Do you want to talk about that?
0: Those are all valid observations about what people use data for in a marketing sense. When I hear those kinds of things, what I focus on is you've got a contact. You have a single record for that contact. You have a duplicate to John Smith and John A. Smith and Jonathan Smith and you know that kind of thing. Popular problem. One of the biggest problems that plague, not just marketers, but anybody uses data are things like authenticated and validated and uniquely identifying an entity or a thing, whatever that thing is master data, which is the part of the space that I grew up in are the things of a business, the nouns of the business, your customers, prospects, partners, companies, accounts, products, services, brands, offerings, assets, locations, banners, ingredients, materials, media properties, media types. Anywhere you hear something around a thing, okay, we've got a contact, we've got a company, we've got an account, and we've got a brand, and we've got a product. Anytime you hear about hierarchy, okay, this person works for this Division, which works for this company, which works for this bigger holding company, that's a hierarchy structure. Mm-hmm. What you've already mentioned it, segmentation, targeting. That means you need to know what kind of thing something is. You need a, a, a taxonomy of the types of things you are interested in. Many databases have in their categories if you if you did like a pie chart of somebody's accounts or contacts by category you're going to find a big slice in there called other or null that's you the know. biggest group right yeah big top top growing group press other that's a problem if you're investing in a true category based segmentation process because you got to you know what doesn't matter what percentage you got a big percentage of your of your file That says other, that's a mess. That data isn't good yet. And the final dimension that I'm walking through is the idea of market, geography, sales market, media market, measurement market. You might put media out in a certain set of geography that might not necessarily be the same definition as where your salespeople or retailers are. That might not be the same definition as the syndicated data you're getting about that activity or media measurement but they're all called new york or chicago or detroit or amia or northeast you know name a geography so these kinds of confusing things that happen do we have duplicates do we have a hierarchy structure do we have a proper taxonomy do we have consistent geographies those cause a lot a lot of problems and keeping those straight is what data management helps an organization do. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, do you um, do it as a, um, just as a consultant, you take, go to their CRMs and you kind of slice and dice it or do you train other people to do it or do you actually go in and, and manage it for people or is it kind of more of a con- consultative to the RevOps person, for example?
0: I would, I would answer none of the above,
1: Oh, okay.
0: So that's so what I do. Is, All right. I'm not okay. a practitioner in any way. I started off at Nielsen. I worked at Nielsen for 15 years and learned oh, okay. how to help market and and, and sell some of their a uh, data product that they had, which was in the master data space. I went to Dun & Bradstreet, which does a similar thing, help them get their story together. So I work at the conceptual level. I don't get physical as they call it in technology. There's three levels, conceptual, logical, physical. Conceptual is like, you know, waving your arms around and drawing on a napkin logicals. when you start to draw it on the whiteboard and cans and arrows and then physicals actually you know fingers on keyboards and get it done I, I don't touch anything sometimes i work above the conceptual level almost on the symbolic level because what i'm trying to do is help people understand the value of this activity and as you mentioned in my bio i'm the why not the how I'll go into an organization and help them put together that story, that narrative, even at times the internal marketing program they've got to get stakeholder involvement and C-level support and funding for their data management program. And then I represent a few tech brands well, I'm a brand ambassador or, uh, or, 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 just work with them. I do content for them and webinars and events okay. and things like that. Yeah. Again, reinforcing the overall strategic value of what they're yeah. trying to present, you know, get your data right and everything else is better. And that's kind of the, the well, theme of what I
1: did. <laughs> yeah. Right. But whatever we do, the bottom line for marketing is are we getting, are we spending the money in the right places to get the best quality leads? And you know, we optimize all of that. And in sales, it's, are we following up with the right people, with the right need at the right time? You know, I mean, there could be other things there too, right? But right. it's all about um, being more efficient with your spend, your time, and your and your people and processes, right? To um, and using data to support that.
0: That's the end goal. People try and do that, again, at the risk of of being buzzy. Yeah, that's where they want it. They want to scale. They want to provide value to their relationships through their brands at scale, that's what enterprises, the size companies that we all deal with are trying to do in in multiple ways. And that takes technology, wherever there's technology, there's hardware, there's software, and there's data. And wherever there's data, there needs to be data management. Mm-hmm.
1: Does what you do apply to more enterprise? Obviously, but how about SME? Um... You know, do they have that same priorities or is it more? not really?
0: I mean, I would c- characterize myself as an SME as well, right? I'm just, you know, me, a boutique consultant. I don't have a lot of data. I don't have a CRM system. I don't have a finance system. I don't have a operational ERP system. It's really the enterprise level that these challenges become overwhelming and also strategically important to focus on. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about the lower end of what an enterprise is, but every brand out there that we all know comes from an enterprise and they just get bigger and bigger. And the bigger they are, the more data problems like this they have around very simple notions like, do we have a common definition for our brand internally? Can we aggregate and integrate whatever data we've got, about our brand X. And doing that can become a real challenge when you have your own internal systems, when you have, especially if you're, let's say a packaged goods brand, that's where I grew up at Nielsen in the in the packaged goods space, probably the most complicated, I think the most complicated space out there, CPG. You know, they have an SKU that goes through the store, they've got a variant on that, it might be, you know, diet, Cherry Coca Cola, sixteen ounce. That's got a UPC. That's the you know, that's the the buying unit that rolls up to the variant Diet Cherry Coke, which rolls up to Diet Coke as a product set, which rolls up to Diet Coke as the brand, which rolls up to Coca Cola as the master brand. You know, right. There's levels. that
1: hierarchy, right? Yeah,
0: and. The, You know, and that hierarchy, lots of different things happen at that hierarchy. You have to keep that hierarchy straight. So everybody in the Coca-Cola organization knows that sales come in generally at the SKU level in retail. But if we're trying to get a global sense of our penetration, our, our market share, you're gonna do that at various other levels. And all of those need to be synchronized. They all have to be commonly understood. When you're working with your ad agencies, they need to have a common understanding of that brand not just the image not just the creative but what that creative represents in terms of the products that connect to that you know brand versus product
1: yeah i mean to get in the weeds a little bit i'm glad you mentioned that i mean talk about the b2c side of things is um like i just maybe it's about two years old maybe more but like coke cans or pepsi like the mini cans right Somebody, somebody said like, you know, this is too much for somebody. We need to shorten it up, right? And just have a, a smaller. So whatever, maybe data supported that decision. Maybe there's a lot of research and beta testing and people like the small cans, right? But I guess that's another example of maybe using data to, to, to produce a product and market it. And then, you know, see how it sells, I guess, versus their regular products, right?
0: Without question, there's not a, you know, I'll make a broad statement that I, 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 I would, you'd be hard pressed to find a packaged goods brand in a major supermarket that isn't driven by data. And what I kind of smirk at is people talking about data being the new anything, whether it's new oil or new currency or new bacon or new tofu, you know, this stuff. it's like data is not new. So packaged goods, especially have been using data at a very granular level throughout their organization for decades that's what nielsen does yeah right provides you know and 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 so something like a mini size coca-cola yes they did market research on whether there might be a consumer interest in it but in terms of placing those products in the right store in the right shelf set how much product goes into this store versus that store or this retailer versus that or channel versus channel that is tremendously data-driven. And it takes internal data, in the case of Coca-Cola, there are bottler data and distributor activity, consumer movement data from someone like Nielsen or IRI, panel data that comes at a different level about consumer activity. They might add weather data, geography, you know, it starts to get really big really quickly.
1: Not to get too much in the weeds for the audience, but you know, you can certainly say like, hey, how come you don't sell this product in the store anymore? It was there like last month. And I just looked like that's because of data,
0: yes, it is. <laughs> right? There, okay, there, so there, what? There was a, a group at Nielsen that did consumer targeting and what they did was actually help manufacturers pick which products should go into which stores. And every time I can't find my product in the store, I always blame them in my head. I blame that division. It's like, yeah, you know, it's their fault. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah you know so but um let's let's uh go through some other topics here um I mean it's always good to have this kind of conversation of data because you know anything in marketing anything is a is a mix of uh a- analytics and creativity blended sure. together right yes. and um you know I always said like you can have the greatest data, but if you have the right message or the right way to attract people from a, then, then data is meaningless, really. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, it, they all have to work together. Basically.
0: It all has to work together. But data is that, as I mentioned, that accelerant, that, that source of, um, kind of business energy that can really, can can really create some and and maximize some some incredible kinds of opportunities around. Yeah. Around growth, which we talked about around improving operational efficiency, media mix, all those things are, are, are done with data around mitigating risk, privacy, brand protection. Today, a really good way to screw up your brand is to screw up the control of the data you've got Yeah, about your customers, you know, data breaches and so on.
1: Now- the last podcast I did was about RevOps, right? It was just wow. kind of like a fairly newer topic of taking data and making it manageable, I guess, but, um, and other things, but, um, uh, you know, you talk about marketing tech stacks and, uh, you know, CRMs and marketing automation and other things, um, you know, you know, how does do you, do you do you like work on integrating all those things together? Cause I also know that sometimes I guess for a larger company, you know, we talked about earlier about, you know, if I have a CRM marketing automation or other tools, what, why do I need a CDP and what's, you know, and how does that all work together with everything else? Cause sometimes all this technology can be overwhelming. How does it, I mean, what's the bottom line of how it should work together and what are your thoughts?
0: They're all tools. It's like having a big fancy kitchen. So you can have, you know, a wonderful Viking stove. You can buy this sub-zero freezer. You can, you know, just Le Crusette, cookware, spend all this money. If you don't have, if you don't know how to cook, you're not gonna make a good meal. If you don't have quality ingredients, even if you do know how to cook, it's still gonna taste terrible. So to your point about it all working together, yeah, you need all those things. If you pull one of those out you still have the end result not always but for sure if the ingredients going into a cooking process aren't good then the doesn't matter how well that cook has their skills nor how expensive those tools were so this tech stack you know which grows and grows you know that marketing tech stack um loom escape or whatever it's called that map was like yeah thousand right. i mean at this point yeah. it's almost unreadable i think the only thing it proves is how many logos that they can fit yeah. on a you, page. Can, you
1: can you can download an excel of that too by the way
0: oh, okay good they actually work with it in data but every one of those just creates a new place for data and theoretically every one of those could create a different version of the same thing if i put coca-cola in one now i got a different version if i put you know john smith john a smith johnny smith it starts to to multiply and you have more and more of these silos, more and more of these different versions of the same thing. And so two people get in a room and they've got two reports and one saying, well, I've got six. And the other one says I've got 12 and three of them are different because we don't use the same language and terminology. And they're bickering around that before you know what the meeting's over. So that happens constantly. And in marketing as well, because this notion of brand could be different depending on who's talking about it. And, and, And there's so many inputs and now there's so many systems. It just heightens the need for better data management all around. And I don't, to answer part of your other question, I don't help people integrate those. I just help them articulate the pain of not being able to integrate those to their business leadership so they can get the support to work on the data part of all of it the actual managing and stewarding the data
1: let's do like sometimes it's we can say things but sometimes it's good to do an example and i'm gonna this may not be we'll see if this question works right but (laughs) let's just say you you've, you've helped coach a company manage its data i'm talking b2b here and um and then whatever you've done, you know, to manage data. So what is, let's say there's a VP of sales is having a sales meeting with the regional managers and he's gonna do a presentation about how to sell better because of the data that he received.
0: What is he sharing? He's sharing the outputs. So he might share, and it's very similar. Or to, she,
1: by the way. Yeah, or she. he or
0: she, they might, <laughs> share, absolutely. They might share the notion of we're going to create a perfect shelf set. We're going to create this idea of a perfect store for our retail customers. And that'll mean it'll have the right products and the right mix in the right way to maximize. And um, that's retailer sales, because we understand the, the, the shopper behavior and the shopper profile that goes into that store. That will take a store location. Just start with that, right? We need a, we need a, an exact record on that actual store, what type of store it is, how big it is, what the demographics are around that store, how those demographics behave versus with our brands versus other brands, all that'll go into a big, you know, black box. And now this retail salesperson can talk with that retail customer and say, okay, for your store based on audience and geography and these other factors, here's the perfect shelf set for you. We're gonna move these around, we're gonna add, you know, a couple more feet here. These shippers should go at this end cap. We're putting this kind of media on top of that market through a variety of different media channels. They get to pull together that 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 kind of presentation. And where the real magic happens is not a single store, but being able to replicate that concept across a thousand stores and then going to that retailer headquarters and going, you got a thousand stores. Every store is not the same. We're going to segment them a little bit by a bunch of other things other than just simply, you know, geography is kind of the most popular one. And that will help us sell you more. That'll help you sell more to your consumers and your consumers will be happier. I had that you brought up this example. I was part of literally a, a, a meeting that you're, you're, you're suggesting earlier this week where the head of sales and, the, and that whole sales ops team was coming in to introduce a new set of tools for the field sales force. My job was to remind them how important the actual master data was. Look, we need store accuracy. We need hierarchy structure. We need to steward all the product sets. Don't just key in whatever you want. Right. Okay. You know, you got to use, it's the difference between if you filled out a form on your own and you had state and I put C-O-N-N for Connecticut and somebody else put C-T and somebody spelled out Connecticut. It's the difference between that and having a dropdown that has C-T on it and I just pick the state. That dropdown, that's master data. That's reference data. That's highly structured data. That means there's only a limited number of inputs. And whenever I take data about Connecticut, I know it's standardized. That other free form text, who knows what you got? You gotta get some machine or somebody or some effort to take all those different configurations of how people have spelled Connecticut and make them all the same thing because they are all the same. So the importance of that is part of what i was trying to 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 remind and reinforce to this sales team not that they're going to be doing a lot of data work but that they realize the bigger picture of if you want this perfect store and you want this wonderful execution for your customer which you do want there are things behind the scenes that have to be respected (laughs) data standards data templates and so on for that thing to happen
1: well i'm going to put it in a different perspective here which is um, what always increases engagement and conversion, for that matter, is um, the word personalization. And the more custom and personal you are to prospects or leads or targets or whatever you want to classify that, the more um, compelling the message is and the more engaging it is. And potentially the more sales you get because you are customizing sales presentations or or targeting, whatever you're doing with data to um, learn about prospects and um, and engage with them better because you know more about them
0: because of the data. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. To do that, again, pardon the expression, at scale. Yeah,
1: scale, <laughs> I know, I know,
0: I know. Right? I know. It- it takes all that structured data, it takes the systems, it takes the methodologies, but it takes the data. And if you want to personalize things, yeah, we all feel better when the sites or the retailers or the relationships we have understand us more. Nothing's more frustrating than you know calling your insurance company and having to tell them what you buy from them so you they can figure out how to help you. You know, we've all had that whatever kind of thing it is, uh, interaction. So having that data and then knowing what the, in a CRM, knowing what the history was, knowing what their issues were, all that's got to be collected, served up to that, whoever's having that conversation, and yeah. then it's got to be trusted, right? So if they called you and I'm like, okay, Paul, but you've got a different Paul. You know, Scott Taylor is a popular name. We got a couple of Scott Taylor's, you get really upset. <laughs> it's like, the, yeah, the if you got the wrong of, one, right? The opposite of, of personalization. Yeah, for they, sure. You, you know, they not only don't they know you, but they think you're someone else. Yeah. These things. If you're a small company, keep it in your head. If you're a thousand, you know, if you're in a global enterprise or an enterprise of any type, you can't keep it in your head. You know, you can't keep your list of customers and 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 all the things they do. Yeah, that's where the structured part of data comes in, keeping all that stuff organized.
1: Well, let's finish up with the kind of alluded to it anyway, but just as a summary um, for any CEOs that are listening here what's the importance of data management when it comes to building my company and how would you summarize the importance of that? And, you know, with everything else that people, CEOs have to look at, um, tell me about the priority and why I should really pay attention to it for my business.
0: Whatever the priorities of that CEO are, they're usually around Building the business, growing the business, improving the business, protecting the business, providing more value to their relationships through their brands at scale, that statement I had. The words that they use to describe that map to data they need to manage. So if we are trying, we aspire to be the premier partner of choice of our customers and suppliers. That's an exact quote from a vision statement of a global Fortune 200 company. I use it all the time. If the data about those customers and suppliers is a mess, and in this particular case, I looked at it and they had you know 185 copies of the same record, they can't fulfill that promise. If a company's looking at digital transformation, if they're looking at moving their going from a business model that says we're going to sell our widgets to licensing the value of our widgets as a service, a very popular migration for a lot of folks, that's going to take a lot of data management that may not have the kind of funding and support that it needs. So the quick conversation with the CEO is data is here to enable the strategic intentions of your company. Where do you want to go? We don't need a data strategy. We need a, we need data to enable our business strategy. And
1: if you're going to pivot, it supports those uh, pivot strategic changes. If you're going to update a service or a product or a brand, right?
0: Right. You know, a lot of people were forced into e-commerce last year with COVID to a degree that they were not prepared for. One of the big roadblocks, and in some cases, just a brick wall they ran into was they didn't have the right product data, information about their basic products and offerings that could populate these e-commerce systems in a consistent way. They had operational descriptions of their data. They had internal versions of their data. But you and I don't want to see that stuff. We don't want to see, you know, we want to see a pretty product shop. We want all the attributes. We want it all organized. That brought a lot of activity to the master data management space. Perked it up pretty good last year because people realized, uh-oh, we, we can't get there from here. We're doing fine. We made it. Okay, who cares about this? I got this report. Yeah, well force it in there but now there was no other op- there was no other alternative they had to sell through e-commerce and they simply didn't have the product information right to do that so it runs you know right in there you need software you need technology but you get down to it again it's if you don't see the connection between data and technology and digital it's the same as not seeing the connection between having a great meal and making sure you've got high quality ingredients. It's as it's directly connected as that.
1: Yeah. So this is good. really, <laughs> I tell you what, you can get like um, into the weeds with this for sure. But, you know, people have to make decisions on data and everything in marketing and sales is pretty, it's not a crapshoot. You've got data to look at. You've got data to optimize and, you know, attribution we've talked about in the past and, and all these other factors that come into, are we doing the right thing? So right. the bottom line, are we doing the right thing? <laughs> or, or is it, how much is it on data and how much is it on gut and guess, right? Um, or, or just ego even, but, um, but every business needs data to support their decisions. And if you're not doing it the right way, you're gonna miss something and you're not optimized. And that's the bottom line. So um, I want to thank you for joining me today. Scott Taylor, Meta Meta Consulting, the data whisperer. But he speaks, But you know, that's another buzzword whisperer, right?
0: Whisperer, yes, help calm data down. Anyway, Paul, this was fun. Thanks for giving me a chance to talk about data in the marketing sense. And I appreciate your time today.
1: Sure. All right. This is Paul Mosenson. That's another podcast. Very interesting. And um, stay tuned for another one at some point. Everybody be safe out there. Talk to you later.
0: Thanks for listening. Subscribe to get more marketing optimization insights. Fix the convince. Thanks for